shots on the beat, boy. Accent made this. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. What's going on, fam? It's Kyle here from the team at Value Adds Value. Um, just want to jump on here and just wish you all the best uh, before this podcast starts. This is the third part of our conversation on refining yourself, refining yourself, and reinventing yourself uh, during this crazy time of COVID-19. And we want to, again, before we do anything else, um, offer our support, our services, our ear, our shoulder, whatever whatever it is we can do to support you through this time, um, whether you need resources for your own kids, for your students, need somebody to talk to, or if you want to share your experience, we are open. We would love to have you on um, the podcast and just continue to support you. But we are super excited and thrilled um, for the podcast starting next week with our newly expanded team. Um, we're, we're jacked for it, but... If you haven't listened to the first two parts, you don't have to. If you want to go back, you can. But um, from the bottom of our heart, everyone on our team, especially Wilkie and I, we want to wish you nothing but the best. And we hope for nothing but the best for you. And we want you to know that between now and whenever it is that um, school starts back up, that Lighthouse Educator Development uh, and the Value Value Podcasts are here to help whatever whatever we can do. So don't hesitate to reach out. You know where to get us. And now, part three of Refined, Refine, and Reinvent. And when I tell you, it was like a shift in the matrix uh, that made me realize that I was becoming him. And I had to pull it back. You know, it didn't take my whole life to realize that I don't want something like that to destroy my life. And a lot of times we we will allow things to just constantly wear us down, tear us down until we realize that, you know, you don't have to, you can make the decision. And that's that refining process. The sugar cane is not just going to jump in, in the vat by itself. The oil is not going to just pipe up out of the ground and go to the refineries and create itself into, into gasoline. It has to be intentionally be put there with the right elements to remove what needs to be removed in order to make it usable. Well, you know, and that's like one of the things, you know, a lot of my dad, my family friends, that's what they do in the spring in Wisconsin is sap. You know, they sap the maple trees and then they make the syrup. And my dad will go out there and for, you know, it, it usually really runs for a week or two. My dad will go out there and he'll pull five gallon buckets of sap off the trees and carry them. And I don't know about you, but five gallons of anything is heavy. And five gallons of liquid is even heavier. And now you're talking, you're trudging through the, you know, some years it's mud, some years it's, I mean, last year it was a foot deep of snow. So it really takes work. You know, what you get on your kitchen table, somebody put a lot of work in to give you that. 
you know, and, and that's just really, it, it strikes the Usain Bolt thing is like maybe the best metaphor because when you see him work, you literally only see him for 10 seconds. Literally. <laughs> only 10, 10 to 20-ish seconds mm-hmm. is what we see him do. But there are hours and days and months and years that have gone into him being able to do what he does for 10 seconds. And granted, technically, technically about 9.6 seconds. I mean. 9.6 seconds. <laughs> but it comes back to that thing, too. Am I ever going to run a sub 10, 100 meter dash? No. I don't think I have the physical capability. Because, you know, like Michael Phelps, you know, there there are some really interesting studies of Michael Phelps and how he's like triple jointed in some places that he's just physically gifted. And so is Usain Bolt. But those two guys, especially, and whoever else you want to say, like, they didn't just sit on that gift. But gifts still need refining. They do. I, I look at my nephew. My nephew, uh, Darius and Cedric, both of them are are, are physically gifted individuals. Um, I mean, they were born just with this prowess of of of, of statue and, and and muscle structure and intelligence that makes them just amazing. I remember the first time, <laughs> the first time I met Darius. I think I. Did I go to a game with you? Go to the game? Or did did he come to the gym? He came to the gym. And I was just like, there's no way this man is in high school. High school. Right, right. And you know, the thing I loved about him though, and this is totally off topic, he is the most mild mannered, kind, just thoughtful. I'll say man now because he's got to be what in getting getting on his mid twenties. Yeah, he's twenty, just turned twenty one, man. And just just like a good, just I mean, he's just a great kid. Mm-hmm. And but he like just yeah. But again, it, it takes refining everything that you want. You have first year teachers, even if you had a great first year, which I don't know too many people who have a great first year, but there are some, like I think about like Ms. Bosser. Ms. Bosser came in and beasted her first year that I, but I feel like it was her preparation because she trained with, to me, probably arguably one of the best teachers in all of you. And I'm not talking about myself, talking about Mr. Jackson. Oh. She sat in his room for an entire Praise school up. year. Praise up, DJ. <laughs> you know, I know for myself how much of a difference he made in me as a teacher. And when I came to him, I had roughly a year under my belt of already being in the classroom. She came in green as a student teacher. So that when she took over her class, her first year, she crushed it. Now, did she have struggles? Yes, she had those same inks that first year teachers had. Well, it's the lack, but it's it's the lack of experience. I mean, there are certain things, especially in any profession, that you can only learn through experience. Only through experience, absolutely. But her preparation and the work she did 
she was processing her experiences more quickly. And I think that's, that's sort of, and we were talking about this yesterday too, like when you slow down and you refine, you find yourself and you refine that information processing speed becomes quicker. And you get to a point where you're processing information in almost real time. So when you have that situation with a student, your brain automatically goes to, like you were saying, what is the underlying, it was like that example you, your school, uh, Ms. Valentini and your counselors put together of, here is this kid's family situation. How would this manifest? So you see what is this behavior saying? Yes, about the underlying conditions. Yeah, so you make this situation you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, the more I get in myself, and the more I give myself tough love, and I find the few people in my life who I trust to give me tough love, the less personal I take things. Mm -hmm. And if there's one trait that we could give to teachers it's how to not take things personal you know they used to say oh you gotta have tough skin you gotta have tough skin i don't think it's about having tough skin i, I think it's about um being flexible you know like the the feathers of a duck you know being able to repel the water to let stuff just roll off of you like ducks don't have tough skin they just they they're just built differently you know, I think as teachers, if you want to be great, you have to be built differently. You have to look at things differently. You have to see the whole student and understand from that standpoint of this is what the student is doing, but this is really what the student is saying. And sometimes we get it wrong. <laughs> Truth be told, we get it wrong sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, this time right now, to kind of circle back to this refining process. This time right now where you have to really find yourself and figure out what pushed my buttons? What have I allowed to push my buttons? And if I, oh man, you just gave me an idea. Oh man, the same thing that we did with the teachers. I mean, with what they did with us teachers, we can do with teachers to put up teacher behaviors and ask a question, what would what based on this teacher behavior what is this teacher behavior really saying about this teacher you know what i was i was envisioning the same thing but i saw you remember that old game operation like like making a teacher and like having those different things to where you get to that point where it's almost like knowing where your buttons are knowing knowing where your buttons are and understanding but yeah like i think that's an incredible way to do it in a in a pd or you know is you know say a teacher is exhibiting um i i don't know i can't think of one off the top of my head say a teacher um is screaming every day at the kids to get in order or let's just take the example that I would do. A teacher is escalating confrontations with students. Mm -hmm. Let's just take the example of me. This is a concrete example that we've worked from start to finish. So you saw me 
getting into, I won't say screaming matches, but escalating situations with kids that didn't need to be escalated. Mm -hmm. So then that's the behavior. How do we backtrack it to how do we backtrack it to what the real problem was for me? And, and we'll, and we'll like, if for the sake of this particular dialogue, we'll tell you what the, what the, what the end state was. So my behavior was I was escalating with kids when I didn't need to The the underlying feeling was I felt um, incredibly powerless after having been forced out of my first job. And I was struggling to find my identity. So how would you trace my behavior back to? Because that's what you did. You traced it all the way back until you figured out that that was what the problem really was. And I didn't trace it back. I didn't figure it out. You figured it out. We had to go through the cycle and say, what is it that's, what really makes you escalate? What are you really angry about? What is it that that kid did? So whatever you did and whatever that, I can't remember what the situation exactly was, but I remember asking, what did the kid do? And almost like, does the punishment fit the crime? Yep. Does my reaction fit that? And then what we learned was, it was when a student would challenge my view of the situation. Mm -hmm. And not like, challenge me as a person but just say hey this is where i was coming from and then i took that as your challenge so you're telling me that what i saw wasn't true mm-hmm. and then i would come back because i was going to show kids that i am the authority i am the person who's in charge here and once we saw that that was what it was It was never a particular student behavior. It was when I was challenged as the authority. Mm. And not even like really genuinely challenged. Right. I I was just about. It wasn't just like, (laughs) yo, Mr. No, it was like, well, Mr. K, this is what happened. And I was was a perceived challenge. No, I was like, yeah, a perceived challenge. Mm -hmm. My perceptions of myself were very low. So I perceived everything as a threat to what little bit of self-esteem that I had. Mm-hmm. So it was a pseudo-esteem because you were trying to elevate yourself without truly being elevated. You were putting yourself in a position, no, this is what you're gonna do to me. You were trying to demand something of others that you didn't demand yet of yourself. Yep. And you can't do that, especially with kids. Mm-hmm. Because kids look at the demand that you put on your own self. They mm-hmm. see, do you hold yourself to the whole standard, the same standard that you're holding me on? You're telling me to come to class prepared every single day, but I see you coming in shuffling papers and confused every day, and it takes 15 minutes for us to get in order to do this. There's no set structure in the classroom. So how are you going to tell me about structure in myself? Mm-hmm. So again, those are challenges that are, and those, and here's the crazy thing. Those are, those are authentic challenges. Because I tell everybody, I will not be held accountable by someone who does not hold themselves accountable. 
Don't come preach to me and you doing anything you want to do. Don't come talk to me about what I should be doing when you're doing anything under the sun. Nah, don't come try to do that. Especially not as a school leader. You're telling me that I need to be on time and I had to eat this one this year because mm. I started out, you know, you know me in time. Um, Fluid. So, <laughs> oh, I I'm getting better though. Like I guess I'm getting better. But I, 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 as a school leader, my principal said to me, um, "How do you expect people to to respect your words when you ask them to do something when they see you not doing it yourself?" what they see that's like that for me that was how do you preach organization oh, to the kids i didn't think our trash was going to pick up on good friday did you miss it yeah they're out there right now i'm not gonna make it they're already they're already down the street now because nobody had to go get their trash out. I can hear the I can hear the truck. Uh, that sucks. But, so, um, so what I, what we were saying was, you know, with you with time, you don't want to be lectured by somebody about your timeliness from someone who doesn't manage their time well. And for me, like. I can't preach organization to kids if I'm not organized. That's my number one struggle is organization. Mm -hmm. And over the course, if we're still just talking about refining myself, the re the refining I've done for myself when it, with organization is a deliberate effort to have less stuff. Minimize, easy. Yeah. When I can when I can see through, it's easy. When it starts, yeah, yep, right, yeah. Less for me, organizationally, less is more. So, man, we didn't even, we didn't even get to reinvent. We were talking about reinventing, but that's gonna have to be another. That's gonna have to be another episode. But the reinvention comes from the re the refining. That is the reinvention. Mm -hmm. Once I take raw gold and I send it through the re re refining process, at that moment, I can make it whatever I want. It can become a ring. It can become one link of a necklace. It could become the back of an earring. It could become a, a nose ring. It could become anything that I desire it to be once right. I refine it. So the reinvention it's all in the refinement. The question is, what are you reinventing? What are you bringing back? Once you once you found yourself, once you refined it, what are you bringing back to the table? And I think that is where the challenge is going to be. Because honestly, I mean, most people, most people don't like to be told what to do. True. I tell people, here's the way that you don't get to ever told what to do. 
Find out what's expected of you and do it. Well, that's the same thing as them telling me what to do. Nope. The expectation is you get your work done. Telling you what to do is you're going to do this, then you're going to do that, then you're going to do this, then you're going to do that, then you're going to do this. And once you're done with that, you're going to do this. I say get your work done. I don't care what order you do it in. I don't care if you got to sit on the floor to get it done. I don't care if you feel like, oh, can I go work in the hallway because I can't work in the classroom because it's too noisy. If that's what, if that's you, then get, I don't care how you do it. I'm going to set an expectation and I'm going to leave the responsibility up to you to, um, to get it done. And I, I shared with my kids yesterday, I was like, we've been preparing you guys for this in our classroom. Can't speak for any other teacher. Right. Because my whole thing is, you should be able to operate from a set of expectations. You should be able to operate from an expectation. And if you can't operate from an expectation, then people have to tell you what to do. So if you don't want to be told what to do, learn the expectations and meet them. So the principal it- said, I don't want anybody sitting on my campus. Teachers should not sit at a desk. So my desk is pushed up against the wall and this is where I store stuff. I put my lunch bag in my seat to force myself not to sit there. And I stand every single class unless I'm kneeling or sitting at a table with, with some kids. Mm-hmm. So if you walk in and I'm sitting, it's because I'm doing individual work with a group of kids, not because I'm just sitting here letting you do work. So again, the expectation is don't sit down. I'm not telling you what that looks like in the classroom, but I don't want you sitting trying to teach a lesson sitting down. Because there are teachers who would literally sit down with their document camera and just take notes and give them to the kids and then now tell the kids, okay, here's your assignment, go do it. And I know that is because I was guilty of that. The first time I recorded myself teaching, I literally sat at my Elmo for about 45 to 50 minutes of a 90 minute block. Talking to my kids, not talking with them, talking to them. And most times, probably at that point, talking through them because the camera, you know, we used to have that 360 document camera, uh, Lucy, oh. that used to catch the whole class. And when I'm watching backwards, I'm looking at how there are kids in both corners of my room that never paid attention to anything that I was saying. But everything I wrote down, but didn't pay attention to anything I was saying because I was talking through them. Or talking at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so, and that's what I'm thinking about this time too. For all of us that are putting videos out of our lessons, we can all see it now. There's a record of it. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, like, I gotta make a I gotta make a distance learning expectation video mm-hmm. that is connected to what and maybe we should do this together. We should make a distance learning expectations video because then we can hold each other accountable to it and we know each other. But it should be related to the expectations of my classroom. And I felt like I've done my best to structure my lessons the same way I would have. Like this week, what we did was we studied a few protest songs from the 1960s to study the Vietnam era and had had we been in my class we would have listened to it three or four times over and over and each time i would have stopped and pointed out this this particular lyric but i was able to screen record myself on zoom 
and go over it with a highlighter and say, this is the lyric that I want you to focus on. You know, and, and I want to still be doing the things that I should. And as much as I can do it the way I would have. And like you said, I want what I'm doing now to be a tool for me to use next year. Kids sick in a hospital, I'm coming into your hospital room. You know what I mean? You 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 can't get out, I'm coming to you. You know, you're 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 having to be out of town because your family's moving and, and y'all are doing this. I can come right to where you are, I can be in your car with you. You know, because now we're learning snow days, especially for you guys. Snow days. No reason to stop learning. Mm -hmm. Blizzard. Oh, okay, no reason to stop learning. You have advice? Let's get up advice. Let's get to going. Let's chop it up. And I mean, I think it's, man, even if, like I said, my classroom was a 50-50 hybrid. I keep saying that to everybody. They're like, but that doesn't make sense. It does. My kids rotated. They had me for... 20 minutes, they were on the computer for 20 minutes for support. Mm -hmm. Then they went to another teacher for 20 minutes for additional support. So we did that rotation, you know, probably for, for the last two, two, two terms. Now the only thing we're doing is taking ourselves out of the thing. And now instead of getting us for 20 minutes a day, you're getting us for 45 minutes a week. Mm -hmm. Cutting out a lot of the fluff. I do like virtual learning, though, because I get to see my kids. So the same jokes I used to tell. Again, you know, I'm a personal person, so I like the jokes and I like to have fun. I've been able to tell students yesterday, get off your phone, you know, pack up, pack up your phone and send it to me. I'll give it back to your mom in seven days because you're not supposed to be on your phone during class. Those mm -hmm. are things I do in my classroom. The kids got a kick out of it. They laughed. They laughed at my, my co-teaching I kind of, kind of unintentionally, intentionally are kind of like, we're both kind of the same type of, we get like, he's a little more cooler than I am. Like he's kind of laid back and I'm like the kind of rah. So to see us two together, it's like, you can see that, that cool energy and then you can see the raw energy that kind of mm -hmm. goes like this the whole time. And it's just like, again, it's just, the dynamics of the classroom is so amazing that it's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, man. Well, I think this is a good spot to wrap up this podcast episode. We're going to have to chop it up into a few because we've been talking for like an hour and 45 minutes. But, um, yeah, any last words you want to sign off this podcast with? I would say as you're in this process to refine yourself, we had asked the questions, you had asked these questions earlier. Do you know how to? Do you know if you need to? And do you know if you even want to? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where the analysis has to begin for teachers. Wake up early with the intent one morning. Just give it one morning. Wake up early with the full intent of deciding what your next direction is going to be and dump all of your brain's energy into that one thing and see what you come out of. And once you get that list, go through that list and start combing through those things that your brain dumped as it relates to what your next move is, whatever it is. 
being a better teacher, being more consistent, um, being a better mother, being a better, better husband, a better wife, a better, you know, whatever it is. And then use this time right now to refine yourself to become that which you said you want to be for your next. Mm. You are setting yourself up for continued failure to have this opportunity to become better and not taking advantage of it. You're robbing yourself of a genuine opportunity mm. to not be better. Mm. So go get it. In the words of Chip Baker, go get it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate you. And we are going to be back and better than ever with more episodes of value. Adds value through this time. But uh, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. Please go to our YouTube channel. Um, it's listed as value. It's value. That's where we're putting out a ton of our stuff, our lessons and all that. But uh, like I said, if you need something, please let us know. We'll be back with you soon. Take care. Stay home. Stay safe.